Here's the deal with my pop. Hello and welcome everyone to Here's the Deal with Danny Sitters. I am a well-rested Jeff Adair here with Danny Sitters. Danny, how you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm well and, and raring to get go for this one. I think well, it's going to be a good one. Yes, it is going to be a good one. Uh, I want to say thank you for presenting some really good stuff. I know that um, most likely a lot of people out there don't know that you're not just preaching this on Sunday and that's it. So I really appreciate you uh, doing, going through this journey with us is finding out, uh, you know, living at the resurrection and everything. So I wanted to thank you for that. Well, thank you. Yes. You know, we've all been through a challenge over the last year yeah. or so. Uh, everything, again, you know, just came to a complete halt. The life that we had been living, some of us, most for, for all of our lives. Yeah. And um, things got turned upside down. And, you know, it, it, it sparks frustration, fear, anxiety, yeah. you know, and, and as I have told um, several this week, the, the phone calls, the Zoom calls, the conversations that I'm having now are with people who are to some degree or more suffering right now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how exactly to live. And so I'm, I'm in the middle of that with with all of us. So how do we, if life has been restructured, how do I restructure my life? Oh, there you go, yeah. So, yes, I, I appreciate you saying that because what you're hearing uh, from the pulpit is, of course, the biblical message, but it's also my response to that message based on what we're going through yeah. and, and, and looking at how do we reinvent ourselves which i think is important from time to time but but critical right now so yes, thank definitely. you well you know great sermon yesterday so let's let's get at it here's let's the go. deal i want to start with saying thank you again for your your little english lesson that we that you had yesterday with teaching <laughs> me a new word my uh incredulity yeah um for some reason i i just i love that and it's the inability or unwillingness to accept or believe something you know i'd never heard that word before in all my 39 years and just within the first few minutes yesterday, I was so grateful. I was like, I'm already learning something. This is like, the, I'm, I'm only four minutes into this sermon, and here I am learning so much stuff. So why is it so important for us to know what that word means? And after hearing the story of the rich young ruler uh, from Mark 10. Right. So, you know, incredulity, the the inability or unwillingness to believe something. Yeah. Typically about ourselves, which is what the rich young ruler is going to encounter. Yeah. Right, so he thought he had it all together. His life, um, his, his religion, of course, which means his, his relationship to God. Yeah. So he comes to Jesus asking the question, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which, again, is a question that um, indicates, gives, gives a clue, gives an idea of the situation, the condition of this man's life. He's not asking, how do I get food? How do I feed my family? Where do I find work? True. Am I going to be able to live long enough, you know, another week? Uh, his question is about the, you know, eternal life, again, is more than just salvation that we tend to think of. It's, it's more the good life eternally forever, Okay, How do yeah. I attain that? And which means that with all of his wealth and possessions and education and his culture, he did realize something is missing. It's not really fulfilling me uh, to the extent that I thought it would. Right. So how do I 
how do I attain this next challenge, right, or this next goal? Oh, he, yeah. he, I can see him as goal oriented, a driven person, a successful person. Yeah. How do I how do I accomplish this next goal because it's missing in my life? And Jesus is going to. <laughs> I love to say Jesus loves to throw those uppercuts oh, yeah. or those gut punches, mm. and he's going to hit him, and it's, it's going to be difficult. Well, it, was, it ultimately became impossible for him to believe True. what he heard, that there really is something lacking in my life, um, because his his life is not about lack. I say he's been, been taught that, that he is not lacking at all. He's not lacking. Yeah. So what he comes asking is, what do I add to my already successful life? There you go. And so Jesus' answer is, here's one thing you lack. And instead of adding to what he's already built, his life, Jesus wants to subtract. He wants to, to take away. So, you know, incredulity, um, you know, it, it, it can come in multiple dimensions. Um, one spouse has concerns about their their married partner that they might not be completely faithful. But I just, I just I can't believe that. I can't believe. I don't even want to ask questions. I, I don't want to consider that yeah. that possibility. Right? Incredulity. Um, governments throughout history could work against their people and harm their people. Hmm. No, that's not that's not possible. I don't I don't want to I don't want to consider that. Yeah. So it, there's an unwillingness okay. to even consider it because if I do, if I allow that between my ears and then to sink down into my heart, it means that I've got to change. Ooh. I've got some hard work. I've got some painful work. So it seems easier just to ignore it not deal with it there you go. maybe okay. it'll go away yeah maybe i'm just seeing things wrong and and uh, and my intuition or what whatever the case may be just leave it alone so this this guy was incredulous and didn't want to believe what he was hearing just like us yeah so that's very relatable nowadays that's easy and so you, you also mentioned that we as humans tend to structure our lives around the beliefs that are ingrained in us that we were brought up with uh, and with the other word you told us to remember which was expose yes so I, I see the correlation between the two before you moved on but when we have that first word the second comes quickly after for us Christians it seems like right so if I'm incredulous and I just keep living my life that way at some point Something's going to happen. I'm going to encounter somebody that's going to expose my belief system, my lifestyle, my theology. Yeah. See, there's two ways to change. Either I can intentionally, voluntarily look at myself, look at my life, look at how I've structured everything and say, boy, you know, I need to work here. I need to make changes here. I need to surrender this. I need to offer this to God. That's one option. The other is... Again, when you get the left hook to the face and poof, your world is turned upside down and you get exposed. Yeah. Exposure is not pleasant. Right. It's painful. It's like I said Sunday, dying to self, being exposed is painful. We just do not, uh, we don't like pain. I don't like pain. So, yeah. I don't like change. Yeah. I don't like to admit, 
you know, maybe I've been veering off in a wrong direction here. But when you're exposed, which is, by the way, exactly what Jesus did to him. Yeah. He exposed his major problem. And his major problem was he was attached to himself and his stuff. Mm. He couldn't detach from it. He couldn't give it away. It, 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 it was in his mind, it was who he was. As a, it was his identity. His identity, yeah. Right? All this stuff is, is my identity. So, Jesus, you're asking me to lay down my life. Yeah. Lay down my identity to, to change, mm. to detach from things. So a great, just a, just a real simple test here that you can take is, am I able to give things away? Or do I want to hang on to everything I have? See, if I'm not attached to it, if it doesn't, if, if that thing, that possession yeah. doesn't give me my identity and I'm not attached to it, I can give it away. It it it, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I'm not attached to it. I see. Right. So if if you come to my house and you look in my refrigerator and you see cottage cheese, you take all <laughs> of it you want, all of it. I have no attachment to it. I can't stand the stuff. Right. And it's kind of a humorous example. Yeah. But there are other things that I would say. Oh no. So I'm sure there's an OU football in there if oh, I were. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Adrian, Peters, an, Adrian Peterson autographed football. Oh, see, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you can't, you can't yeah. have that. I'm, I'm attached to that. So it's a challenge for all of us, but that's that's the easy test. If you want to test, yeah. ask yourself, could I give this away? Could I let go of this and walk away from it? Yeah. Wow. That makes me think of my WWE belt signed by Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. I cannot <laughs> part with that. So I will not get rid of that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Um, and speaking of exposed, you said in your sermon, it really, it's one of those kind of things that make me think myself. I said, I love those sermons. Um, the, the, this past year exposed many things of many facets of everybody's lives, even our own. And I know we, you and I have begun to talk about this, um, but why is it important for uh, us as individuals to you know, kind of be exposed to the things that we aren't doing correctly or, or doing right for Jesus, but is, is it right for the church as well? Should we, should we do that for the church? Wow. You, you always love to go to, to, to think about it in terms of church. That's a great question. Yeah. What is our level of incredulity as we've gone through the pandemic? Yeah. I've... Just don't want to believe, unwilling to believe that things may have changed and some things may have changed forever yeah right so we all have within us the the hope the idea well when it all goes away and we all get back together yes right when we all get to to heaven in 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 the church building again that's right, right. Uh, i don't i don't even want to consider the possibility that those days may never come back that our that our church structure ministries the way we do worship the way we get together the the way that we uh, reach people yeah may be totally different may never come back right? well i don't want to think that i don't want to consider that i've i've done it this way all my life so i don't you know you <laughs> 
I've said this so many times, I do not like ministry the way it is right now. I cut my teeth year, decades ago on pencil and paper and meeting people face to face and, yeah. you know, in-house worship and in-house Bible class and having conversations. And now all of a sudden I'm on Zoom and I'm looking in a camera and there's nobody in there. And I, I don't like it. Yeah. So all of us have that within us. You know, maybe, maybe one day it will... It'll come back. But, you know, you're right. The other part of that is, to what degree have we been exposed um, in the way that we have structured ourselves um, to a time that may have passed us by? Right, yeah. It's painful. Yes. That we may have to make some major um, adjustments and changes Um that are going to continue from here on out. So no, it does apply. It's a good question. Yeah, it's just one thing that made me think about for sure um, is exposing our incredulity with within the church, and because just like you said, individually, that's something I thought about. Yeah. Um, so when we've been taught something a certain way our entire life, or we've been taught a certain way, how do we begin the process of kneeling at Jesus's feet and, and asking what more is there? Because again, just quick background: I am only. Ten years into my spiritual walk with Jesus, I'm I can't even drive a spiritual bus right now. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just learning, and I did not grow up going to any church, so I am um, in a different lens than most. So when I ask that question, you guys, I'm gonna keep that in mind. So, it's a great question. So I, I think about myself. I'm at least fourth generation Church of Christ. Oh, there you go. Okay. My father preached. All his life, I've been in ministry. A brother-in-law that, that that preaches. My my father had a brother that preached and a brother-in-law that preached. Okay. So all of my life, I've heard theological positions, yeah. moral positions. Um, you know how to live life. Um. But, but here's, here's what has awakened me the last several years. And that is that most of my life, I have heard more about the mission of Jesus okay. than the message mm. of Jesus. Right. And, and I've said this before. So the mission of Jesus to, you know... Um, the incarnation, God incarnate, comes to earth to redeem his people, to die, to be the sacrificial lamb, to go to the cross, be buried, resurrected, ascend back to the Father so that we can have sin forgiven, no fear of sin. We could have resurrected life in the end, mm. right? no fear of death. Yeah, all true, all critically important to our lives because without it, we are without hope. But we tended to lock into the gospel, the mission of Jesus, yeah. the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Okay. To the neglect sometimes of the message of Jesus, his teachings, like this story with the rich young ruler, yeah. which precedes the mission, right? So his teaching, by the way, the mission to die, um, he did get killed. 
he got killed because of his message, yeah. according to human wisdom and human standards right. and, and, yeah. and, and his fellow Jews and, and, and Rome. It was his message. His message is, was, was, was radical. Yeah. So it's been very helpful for me to go back and to go through the Gospels and to go through it with a fine-tooth comb on what Jesus taught. How did he treat people? How did he see the world? How did he react to situations? What, what was his message? So one of the things that I, I often think about is that Jesus is a life-offering challenge. Mm, yes. He offers life. Woo, we love that. Yes. That's what we want. Give me the abundant life. But it's a life-offering challenge. And I don't, I, I never really like that, the challenge part. So he comes offering abundant life. Again, we say yay. But he does it with mind-boggling challenges in order to attain it. You want you want life eternal, rich young ruler? Give away everything you have. Yeah. You know, and and I can't blame him. He, he says, "Yes, I want that eternal life. I want the everlasting life." Well, then okay. Here's how you do it, right? Jesus says one thing you like. Here's how you do it, right? And you would think he'd have a notepad out and say, "Okay, whatever it takes. I, I want that more than anything else. Go right. sell everything you have." Whoa! Hold up! Whoa! Whoa, come on, Jesus, really? Yeah. Really? That's what I have to do? So, yeah, we love the life offering part. We just don't like the challenge. Yeah. Life abundant is available in Jesus. The church can radically revolutionize this world, If I, I believe, if we take seriously and practice what Jesus taught us to do, in the collective. Agreed. All of us doing it. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't even remember what your question was, but... Well, I was wondering, how do we... The process of kneeling at Jesus' feet and asking what more is there. How do we begin that process? Again, I'm coming from a different lens. You said you were fourth-generation Church of Christ, and I am a person who grew up as a father, was a police officer, didn't go to church. Mom, who was a banker. You know, I say that because I'm you know Midwestern, typical kid pretty much. Um, she grew up kind of going to church, but not really. So Jesus was a kind of a person I just heard about through friends. Um, I visited a couple of Catholic churches when I was a kid, um, and that was about it. So I didn't know. The Jesus that I saw reached out to people on the outskirts because I was on the outskirts. And so when I see that, you know, the Jesus that I see, when you see all these things about um, the people who aren't um, elite I said the out the outskirts. Um, so I see that Jesus reaching out to that, and that's what's easy for me to do that. So when I say coming to kneeling at the feet of Jesus all the time, each time, so for new is when I, I'm thinking of people like you, fourth generation Church of Christ that have been taught this certain way. Like you said, how do you how do we do that? Even for me, because I'm new. Like I said, I haven't got my spiritual driver's license yet. <laughs> so you've you've been done at fourth generation Church of Christ, and I'm just kind of a new believer in Jesus. Right. So how is it so that somebody like yourself and me can do it individually and together? It's a very long descriptive and question, I think by the way. You just answered the question individually and together. I think that's that, that really is the answer. So first of all, 
Yeah, I think you ask. You you go to Jesus and ask. What 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 do I lack? Yeah. So, it's to me it's to a degree. Some of it is obvious. What is causing? Well, let me ask it this way: Where do I feel fear? Okay. Where do I feel anxiety? What causes um, negative thoughts in my life? Because if Jesus is who he said he is, right? Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Alpha and the Omega, yeah, life abundant. We as his disciples and followers should be overcoming these things. Yes. They shouldn't be right. We should be growing. We should be overcoming. We should be maturing in Christ. But if I still live with a level of fear, anxiety, pain, hurt, broken relationships, mm. it's what we call um, a clue. Those are clues. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I say, well, wait a minute now. Why? Why is that? Why do I feel that way? Why am I not growing? Why am I the same person today that I was twenty years ago? You know, it's yeah. like they they say, well, I've got twenty years experience, right? We, we've all heard this, and yeah. someone says, no, you've got one year of experience repeated nineteen years. <laughs> we, we we got the same the, the same experience. Jesus, if if and when we, again, take seriously what he taught. So here's what I would say. Ask Jesus in prayer. Go to the Gospels. Read the red letters, right? Get a red letter edition of the Bible. Those, those are the words of Jesus. And just go through it and listen to him. Why did he say that? What's the, what's the context? What's the situation? What, what is he driving at? Why did he tell this man to sell everything he had or yeah. give everything away? Why, why did he say, say that? What is he wanting me to understand? You know, do I have to do? Do I need to get a U-Haul and head down to Savers or you know Goodwill? And 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 is that what is that the command? Or is it a principle involved that that we just get attached to this world? What is it, Jesus, that you want me to do? Yeah. So yeah, I think those those are things we can do. Ask him. Get into the Word. Read the Gospels. The other is. Look, we, we've got to have a community of faith that is like-minded, yeah. that where we're in this together, where we, we, we look at the story of the rich young ruler and we come together and say, okay, how do we do this? How, how can we do this? Yeah. How, what, what would come of our community of faith if we did something like this on a community scale? Again, we, we it is especially today. It's a must that we have mentors and that we have community that is serious about learning how to live for Jesus in this world that we find ourselves in. Yeah. So if we've been taught that way, and you opposite, you said the opposite of rich is free. So if you could expand on that just just quickly before we move on, but. Because when I when I think when I think of that, the opposite of rich is free. I think, okay, that's I'm incredulous to that, or I have that incredulous because right. you know I want. Hold on a second, Danny, that's not right, right? right? 
So explain on that for me, please. So we tend to think that the opposite of rich is poor. Right, exactly, yeah. But someone who lives in poverty could be just as attached to their poverty as someone who is wealthy that is attached to their wealth. Oh, wow. Because it becomes, again, our identity. There you go, yeah. Right? Well, I'm, I'm poor. I can't. I've never had anything. This is who I am. You can't expect me to do X, Y, and Z. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, so we've been third generation poor people or whatever it is. It be, Poverty can become our identity just as quick as wealth can become our identity. So um, it is about, again, I think the principle involved is, can I detach from my identity and from my stuff and even from my lack of stuff to live the life that Jesus is calling me to live? So the opposite of rich is not poor, it's free. Yeah. I'm free from all of it. You, you can have this. You can take that. I, it, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't find my identity in stuff and in my education and in my, you know, in, in my home yeah. and, and what part of town that I live in. Mm. I, I just don't find it in that. If it, it doesn't mean I can't live there, but can I, again, the word detach. Oh. Can, can I become detached from it to live su- such that if and when the need arises, I can part with it. There you go. Wow. Okay. I'm free. This stuff does not own me. I don't have it hanging around my neck. There you go. I'm not yeah. dragging it around and worry about it and have to buy all kinds of locks and chains to to keep people from stealing it and right. and you know storage units and right. And again, I, when I say that, I'm guilty. But sure, um, that's that's what I think it means being oh. free. Love that. Thank you. Um, so when Jesus called his disciples, everything else didn't seem to matter as much. I mentioned that in your sermon. Uh, is this something that we should think back to? That feeling we had when we were called by Jesus, where nothing else really seemed to matter but getting in that water and being baptized. Right. That was a great question. So, yeah, it's, you know, we think, and of course, most of us, many of us were young when we came to Christ. Yeah. And um, we came out of those waters and we were ready to tackle the world and tell everybody about it. And, yeah, you know, I I can think back to, to high school and college days and things that we we did and you know mission trips we went on and we were evangelizing our campus there in louisiana um we were gung-ho for it but again there was a community of, of college students that were that were doing this yeah uh, together so we're doing it together yeah over time over time things tend to move toward what we would consider a rut Okay, we yeah. just do it the same way over and over and over again. Uh, it, it would be it would be good to um, go back and to remember those days. So yeah, in the story, right at the end, the disciples they they, they hear Jesus have this encounter with the rich young ruler, and um, they're confused. Yeah, they say, well, well, then who can be saved? Right. Well. This is the same group of folks who had done what Jesus told them, told the rich young ruler to do when he called them, follow me. Right. They got up and left. They left their fishing nets and their fishing boats and their fishing families, and they just went, yeah. and they followed him. They left it. Right. So they, they did it, but yet when he tells somebody else to do it, 
you know, after a period of time, they're like, well, well, wait a minute, Jesus, really? Hold on. Hang on. Yeah. Is that, who can be saved, right? And so, yeah, as time goes by, we, we do tend to create habits of life, religious habits, worship habits, daily habits, family habits. It's, it's always good to, to go back and to look at, intentionally go through and evaluate and sift through and find out what is hindering me. Yeah. What is keeping me from where I was early on in following Jesus? Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. Yeah. I'll go to anybody. I'll talk to anybody. I'll give whatever I have. I'm just enthralled with this life that I have. Well, that fire has a tendency to dim yeah. if we're not stoking it. Hmm. So true. And kind of a, kind of like exposing our own incredulity. Yes. Uh, so, Danny, great sermon again. Thank you. Now, give us some practical stuff. So, give us the deal, if you will. Okay. So, again, and, and, and I mentioned it. Let me let me briefly say it again. Jesus, Jesus is mind-boggling. Again, don't don't try to follow Jesus unless you're ready for the challenge. Yeah. He offers life, but he offers it with a challenge. And, 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 and it can be very, um, at times, overwhelming. Yes. It can, be, it can be overwhelming. Right? So he says to this rich young ruler, go sell everything you have. Come follow me. And then, by the way, and we didn't even talk about it in the sermon, then you'll receive back a hundredfold, right, what you've given, what you've walked away from. Oh, yeah. Well, well, then why would I walk away from it? in the beginning to follow you and then get it back, right? So he says, you'll receive fathers and mothers and sisters and houses and lands a hundred times in this life as well as the life to come. But you got to give it away first. You got to sell all you have first. You got to detach first so that when we do acquire what he gives us, we now know how to handle it. Oh, I see. Okay. So there's a test. There, 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 there's a challenge. We love the offer of, of abundant life. We just don't like the challenge. So here's what I would, I would offer to maybe to think about. Here's some questions. How do I factor Jesus's teaching into how I construct my life? Hmm. Is my life at this point based on the foundation of what Jesus taught in the Gospels? That, 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 that's, that's question one. Yeah. Question two, what values or guiding principles do I live by? The life that I've constructed, what's the guiding principles? Yeah. What has been the foundation, the basis for that? Another good question, how do I position myself within the culture that I live, oh. right? So, so you take um, you take on the one hand, maybe you could say here are some examples of extremes. On the one hand, you might have people that deny or condemn culture. It's all it's all bad. It's all wrong, and so they're radically different. And an example of that would be the Amish. Oh, okay, yeah, right? nothing to do with this culture. That's on the one hand. On the other, is just the mentality of I, I just go with the flow. Just do what everybody else, you know, does. Be, be morally respectable, line up with the um, acceptable lifestyle and belief, 
and just kind of do what everybody else does. Yeah. Right? How do I position myself as a follower of Jesus in this culture? Great question. Do I totally turn my back on it, or do I just go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing? So I heard this quote by Marcus Aurelius this week. He said, The object of life is not to side with the majority. The object is to escape finding oneself joining the ranks of the clinically insane, which he's referring to as the majority. Yeah. Oh. You just go along and do what everybody else does. It, it, I mean, come on, that is so true yeah. of us in, in most areas of life. Mm -hmm. In the way, we, the way we think, the way we live, the way we behave, the way we worship, you know, beliefs. Yeah. And, and he, he called the majority the clinically insane. Wow. I thought that was quite that is, interesting. That is. So if we're going to take Jesus seriously, if I'm going to learn to detach from stuff, it, it means that I'm going to have to spend time thinking. Just, just think about say, the yeah. idea of thinking. It's hard work. Yeah. It, it really is hard work to examine our thoughts, to examine our lives, this ongoing intentional discipline of examining ourselves. Right? I, I would even add this. Spend time writing. Write it down on paper. Answer those questions. What are my values? How do I incorporate the teachings of Jesus into my life now? You know, and, and maybe you spend time thinking and writing about how am I attached to this world? Okay, yeah. Attached to myself. Is, is, do, I, do I derive my identity from the created or from the creator? Hmm. And, and, and how could you explain that? Yeah. I, I think those are, you know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, right, so is he. True. What are my thoughts? Yeah. What is my thinking? Because most of us don't spend the time thinking and, and considering different, different options. Yeah. Again, in, in credulity, we just don't want to. We don't want to believe it. Yeah. Um, when, so when individuals and our businesses or churches, when we when we hit a wall, we tend to do one of two things. We either do more of the same things. Right, thinking I, I just haven't done enough. I got to do more of the same things that I've been doing again and again and right. again. Yeah. Or um, I, we do less of the same things. Mm. Rarely do we do different. So Einstein, uh, he gave, when he was a professor at Oxford, gave his senior physics class a test. Nope. They get through with the test, and Einstein and his assistant are walking across campus, and the assistant said, um, Sir, wasn't that the exact same test that you gave last year? And Einstein said, yes, it was the same test. And his, his assistant said, now, why did you do that? You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And he said, no, that, that's fine. He said, it was the exact same test, but the answers have changed. Oh. <laughs> In other words, wow. what has got us here is not going to get us there. Yeah which then 
segues right into one of his most famous statements, you know, and I don't know exactly the wording, but doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting different results is a form of insanity. That's right. Hmm. You're, never, you're not going to change by doing the same things. Yeah. Again, so and, and, and there's another principle. Jesus is doesn't call us to add to our existing life. Right. He comes to radically change and transform our lives into something new, which means there are things that, we, that we're going to have to subtract. Well, in thinking about it, you know, studies show that only 3% of people are inclined to do different things. Oh, wow. 3%. 97% continue doing the same thing, but again, hoping for different results. It's like the, it's like the bird that keeps smashing his, his beak into the, you know, the sliding glass door yeah. over and over and over again, hoping to get in. You got to do something different. You got to, you got to find the chimney. You got to find, you know, an open window. Right. Something, you got to do something different. But most of our lives, we just tend to run on autopilot. Yeah. We just continue doing the same thing, you know. Think about how, how many times you've been driving the car through town, and and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I don't remember the last three stops, stoplights. I, I, I was on autopilot. We, we are quick to just go into autopilot because um, it's an easier way. I really don't, you know, want to think. But the deal is, if if I live on autopilot, my brain's on autopilot. It it leads to tunnel vision. Yeah, I only see one way. I only see things a certain way. Right, myopic. Right, right. We're, we're 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 nearsighted in things. Because I've always done it this way. I've always thought about it. everybody else is doing it this way. So what? We we don't take time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it again. Yeah, the whole time. yeah. But and to a large degree, things are broke. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> a lot of areas are, are, are broke. So then we tend to think, well, that's this is the only way to live. My grandparents live this way. My parents live this way. And I live this way. And my children live this way. And we just live this way. And we all go to church and happily ever after. And yeah. is that what we're called to be mm. as followers, you know, of Jesus Christ? Um you know, so those are just some of the thoughts. You know, I thought also, how much are we restricted by living within the box? Yeah, that's been constructed for us, right? And, and so, if a box has four sides, you know, you could list several areas within which you know you could categorize each side. But you know, there's a there's a legal side, yeah. right? We don't want to we don't want to violate the law and. So, you know, we wouldn't think of harming another person. Of course, there's a moral side, right? We we sit by somebody in a, well, when we used to sit by somebody right. in a large audience, we wouldn't think of, how can I steal their wallet? Yeah, you know, exactly. those just aren't thoughts. That's, that's not morally acceptable. I think today we have technological boundaries. Yes. You've got physical boundaries, but you've got social boundaries, and most of us have never really taken the time to examine how we live life within this box. I think you could argue that even within the box that we live in, where we really function is in a much smaller box within that box. Uh, Again, this idea of just being on autopilot. Now, why that matters is because then we pick up our Bibles and we read Jesus teaching about how to live life and how to blow the sides off the box, 
and we just kind of say, well, no, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I did my daily Bible reading oh, so today. I read, I read the story. Yeah, I can I can quote the story. Yeah. If, if somebody needs me to tell the story, I can tell the story. Um, but does it really, are we really taking Jesus seriously and, and making those changes and thinking through, and, and in particular with the rich young ruler, thinking about where I get my identity and how I've structured my life to this point to get my identity. Yeah. What if we lived life in a different manner? What would that look like? Mm. What would we do? What if church were structured now differently? The community of faith, what would it look like? That we don't we don't find our identity in the name out on the sign, yeah. or we don't find our identity in the shape of the complex here, right. or the, the, the auditorium or the sanctuary, but we find our identity in Jesus and his teachings and moving beyond and, and, and so facing the challenges that Jesus throws at us yeah. and you know, just full speed ahead and breaking through those. To live the abundant life, what's well, going to take change? Yeah. It's going to take addressing myself. It's going to take overcoming my incredulity. Yeah, and you know my being exposed. Being exposed, right? So, anyway, those are some thoughts that I have. Um, it's it's a matter of again living life intentionally, and and I think for every individual, it, it'll be a little bit different, right? So when I got to the end of the sermon, and and I'll stop with this. You know, Jesus says one thing you lack to the rich young ruler. And I asked that question. If Jesus were here, he didn't ask, he said, it was a statement. One thing you lack, what would your answer be? Yeah. Well, you know, how would you, how would you deal with that? There's one thing you lack. Well, I think, I think we know at least some area of, of, of where we're lacking. Yeah. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for abundant life that, that's available. You know, Let's take him seriously. Yeah. Let's start to let's start to to begin to tackle those challenges that Jesus throws out because it is in our best interest. It is the life that we long for. Right. I think it's time to begin to make changes. I think so. It's good stuff, Dan. We have one question from uh, from Randall, and he, uh, we, we, I'm sure we've uh, touched on it a little bit, um, but he he wants to know how do you think the Holy Spirit plays a role in answering? There is one thing you still lack in our lives, and how do we hear the Spirit better or put it into practice? It's a great question. So, how do we utilize the Spirit in this? So, what I would say is. Um, prayer is a vital aspect of our walk with Jesus. No. Yes. P- praying to praying about it, speaking about it. Lord, re- reveal that to me. Spirit, reveal that to me. Right, because the the Spirit of God kind of is to some degree our our conscience, our our guide, our 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 movement within us that kind of moves in a direction yeah i like that so i i think i think you know asking asking the spirit asking jesus asking god through prayer is part of it uh i think again now having a a community of faith that is determined to follow jesus will also help 
So I think those are those are critical aspects. But on the other side of the coin, if I may, there are some things that we know to do. Yeah. That we just don't do. So if tonight I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I smell smoke and I see that my house is engulfed in flames, I will not say, honey, let's get on our knees and pray to God and ask what we need to do in this situation. Right? Right. right. That, you wouldn't do that. Do that. I know what to do. Yeah. Run. Yes. Get, get out. out. Get right. out of the house. Yeah. And so there's a saying that God will not give you the next thing to do until you do what you already know to do. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Some of us know. Well, most of us know. Yeah. We know the one thing or the multiple things, if you, if it's my life, that I lack, yeah. that I'm not doing. What is, again, causing me fear and pain and anxiety and hurt and jealousy. And, you know, it, it, we know that certain behaviors are hindering us. Right. So on the one hand, yes, absolutely. Go to God. Spirit, work through me. Reveal this stuff to me. Expose this stuff to me there you go yeah. on the other hand you know again the bob newhart theology comes <laughs> into play just stop it you, you got to do this you know the house is on fire get out yeah get out and then ask god what the next thing is right so there there are again generic general applications to this and there are specific in yeah. general yes absolutely jesus wants that life for us and and can provide it specifically you know what you might have to do jeff would be different than what i need to do in my life correct what what is that so yeah god's our cheerleader jesus is our brother and wants wants life for us more than we want it for ourselves we're afraid of it to yeah. some degree he wants it for us He's laid out the way to get it, right, through his message. Right. Go do it. Yeah. The, the equivalent to the Bob Newhart one nowadays would be the Shia LaBeouf. There's a meme of just, just do it. That's, that's, what he, that's what he keeps doing. I will say another thing of uh, us being there uh, different is um, you, God would probably tell you to save your Adrian Peterson signed football. Right. I would oh, not absolutely. save that. I would save my Bill Snyder <laughs> autograph football that's myself. Right. Right. Um, but Adrian Peterson, I would like, oh, that's okay. That's all right there. So well, that's, there's the difference. Well, God <laughs> always is interested in holy things. So, you, you know, you want to make sure you, you get that. <laughs> that's great. All right. So next week's going to be a little bit interesting. Instead of me asking you what our uh, sermon preview is for next week, um, I'm actually preaching next week. That's so right. next next Tuesday is going to be a very interesting uh, right. interesting day for everyone involved. That's so, right. I'm yeah. going to be sitting in the other chair with my notes and my questions, and I'm going to grill you. So <laughs> I'll be there Sunday taking notes and, and thinking about it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. And I'll be up I'll be up on stage on Sunday sweating for sure, knowing that you're out there taking notes and just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. I, It'll be fun. Danny, I really appreciate, again, all the stuff that we're going into. It's really, really challenging. I know it is around our house. Um, it's really challenging for us, so I really appreciate it. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. Um, everyone out there, have a great week. And if you have any questions, again, send them to hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to get those answered. Um, Danny, have a great week again, brother. We'll see you later. Thank you. God bless you.